Hey everyone, you're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. I'm Sherry Purdy. And I'm Miriam Lake. And today we are listening to all the information that you need to know about flu shots, why you need them, who should get them, what to expect, and things that happen if you don't get them. And we have an awesome expert, Dr. Daniel Wright, a pediatrician, joining us today. So thanks for joining us, Dr. Wright. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, today we are going to be talking about the, the need to have a flu shot. Um, and we really want to know the ins and outs of everything about the flu shot, what it entails, why people don't get the flu shot, your thoughts on that and the importance for all ages to to get the flu shot. So with that being said, I want you to know I got my flu shot this week. Okay. <laughs> Me too. Very good. <laughs> so uh, we are good to go. The first question out of the box is what everybody wants to know is why should people get the flu shot? It's a really good question. I think a lot of people feel like the flu shot is more of an optional shot as opposed to one you really have to get. The recommendation is anyone from six months to end of life, you, if you're able to be healthy enough to get a flu shot, get one. And the reason for that is everyone is susceptible every year because the flu is one of those viruses that changes actually on on. Uh, replication. So instead of being the same virus, it may be a completely different virus that you come across the next year. And even among the different strains of the virus, it'll change. And that's why every year the vaccine is slightly different or completely different depending on what virus strains are out there. The plus side of of getting that every year is there is probably some benefit to getting more than one in a row or getting different ones because then your body is exposed to the different antigens that that virus produces over the years. So if there's a different one, you might actually have some protection. Who decides what type of flu vaccine is put in that flu shot each year? Uh, In our instance, it's usually the Centers for Disease Control. And they're working in conjunction with virologists from across the world. And they'll study viruses, usually in our case, mainly in Australia, sometimes in Southeast Asia, and try to determine which virus variants are going to come to the United States when they get here. So what does this year's flu look like? Uh, There's not a specific um, one type that's showing up more. Uh, The H1N1 is still very prevalent, uh, and that's been more common since 2009 when it had a big antigenic shift. So can you explain, there's a lot of people out there, well, hopefully not as many anymore, because I think we're all getting more educated on the importance of getting your flu shot. But can you talk to those people or those those podcast listeners out there that do not get flu shots? Um, you know, there's some myths around the thought of if I get flu shots, I get sicker, um, they don't work. Can you kind of talk to that? Yeah, well, I think those those are not completely without any founding. Uh, there are a few people that will definitely get the flu even if they've had the flu shot. But very rarely do you get any significant illness with the flu. So it's very protective from getting the the more sickness uh, because even completely healthy people can go from being totally healthy with no problems to getting the flu and dying from either the the flu directly or complications thereof. The other concern is um, whether or not you get the flu from getting the shot. There's absolutely no possibility anyone can ever get the influenza infection from the shot. No questions, no possibility. You do get some symptoms possibly of having something like the flu because your body's responding to that. So you might get some aches, you might get some fever, you might get some chills, but you're not going to get the flu. It's not the same thing. 
the and maybe flu- a sore arm. So sore arm. Sorry. Oh yeah, <laughs> almost everybody gets a little bit of a sore arm. And in fact, if you don't, you probably aren't reacting as much. So it's probably good to get that sore arm. Oh, good. So <laughs> my arm hurts. Yeah, mine does too. <laughs> um, it takes. Uh, important to also note: if you just had the shot, it takes at least two weeks after you get the shot to get the full effect. So. If you wait until flu starts to hit the area and then go get your shot, you're probably behind. Um, your risk of getting it is, is definitely higher. Is there a time that you suggest people get their flu shot? It's actually best to get it sooner in the season. Uh, they all will last through the entire season that year. So in this year, it'd be the 2019, 2020 year. You can get it as soon as it's available. Uh, it has been available now for about a month, most of the areas around. Is there anyone who should not get the flu shot? Absolutely. And that's probably one of the more important reasons to get your flu shot is because there are certain people that can't get a flu shot because they either have immune disorders or they have uh, other illnesses or even being under the age of six months where they're really not supposed to and they're at higher risk. Uh, There was a really good study I was reading about recently that um, in the first year to first two years of life, children are probably getting flu and getting in the hospital more than we even know. Uh, because the the testing isn't as accurate as catching everybody. There have been some retrospective studies that have showed that um, those hospitalized infants uh, under the age of one year, more of them have flu than not. It's probably twice as many as we think. Those kids, are you're protecting them from getting it by you not getting it, because it has to be in the community and, and really common for them to get it. So that was my next question. How important is it for children to get the flu shots? I have six grandkids that I'm hoping all get the flu shots, but I have one, one daughter that's on the on the fence about whether or not to get it. (laughs) Yeah, and then that's true. There are a lot of people that say, hey, my kids are healthy, I'm healthy. Likelihood of us being really sick with it is, yeah, it's there, but it's not a real high thing. Um, But if you don't get it and you manage to get sick with the flu, you're sick with the flu at least a day probably before you even know you have the symptoms. And then for a week after you get the symptoms. So you could be passing it without even knowing you got it and some little kid or some person that's, um, just had cancer and, and immune compromised or some other reason they're immune compromised can get it from you and get really, really sick and hospitalized and possibly even die. So everybody that gets it helps prevent other people. It's the concept of what they call herd immunity and immunization. If you get more than a certain percentage covered, it's not as likely to go through the area. Well, I'm going to have her listen to this then. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I just read a report from the CDC, the Centers of Disease Control. Not that I go around reading a lot of those reports, <laughs> but knowing that we were going to have this podcast, reading up on some of the, the statistics out there. And last year, the CDC said that those who got the flu shot were 40 to 60 percent less, and this included children, of having to go to the doctor because they had the flu. So even if you get the flu, is it true that you have a less dramatic effect from getting the flu if you've had the flu shot is that true yeah very very likely that you do yeah it's it's one of those things that all immunizations are designed to cause our body to have an immune reaction ready for when we get the infection so it's not necessarily preventing the infection it's having our body ready to fight it so if you get a flu shot just like all the other shots your body has developed an immune response to that infection before you get it and it can jump in and and start fighting that infection earlier and, and you're less likely to have trouble so what is really the difference then between when does it go from having a cold to the flu? It's a good question. And then the cold is completely, usually a different virus. I mean, technically you could have something that's a cold that is the flu, but the flu tends to be very specific in types of way it presents. It's usually really sudden onset of a fever, often accompanied with body aches and cough. 
those are the, the three main things that almost everybody gets. Not everybody has a fever, but most people get a fever. Most people get body aches. Most people get a cough. It usually lasts at least three to four days with a significant illness and then kind of tapers off. Uh, cold usually will not present exactly that same way. It doesn't have a high, quick onset of fever. It's gradual onset, usually has lots more of a runny nose type of symptom. And uh, you will have the cough and you'll have some of the general, not not as, as well feeling, but not as much of the specific quick onset and, and significant illness. Okay. So did we talk about what this year's flu symptoms might look like? Do we know oh, they're, anything? They're typical to every year. They're, they're uh, almost always that same kind of thing. It's an abrupt onset of fever, chills, muscle aches. Um, cough is pretty common. Rarely do people have the vomiting and diarrhea. And that's another one we should probably talk about. There's a common thought that you get the stomach flu. It's almost never anything related to the flu. Little kids occasionally have vomiting and diarrhea with the, the actual influenza, but influenza that we're getting the flu shot for has nothing to do with vomiting and diarrhea. That's interesting because I always thought it was connected. Not really. That's really good. Most often the, the vomiting and diarrhea is most often norovirus, if you've ever heard mm-hmm. of that one. That's yep, the my one kids that the cruise it. ships have <laughs> yep. and all that kind of thing. Oof. That one. Yep. <laughs> Another reason not to go on a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're crazy. <laughs> I'll risk it. <laughs> well, um, we've talked a lot about kiddos and uh, really the importance of, you know, all ages to get it. But can you talk more about why the elderly should absolutely be getting that as well? Yeah, they're, they're another one of the higher risk groups. Uh, if you're 65 or older, you're definitely at higher risk of having significant problems with getting the flu and influenza. Uh, the secondary problems are even more likely. Uh, what are they, the secondary they, problems? Uh, a lot of people develop secondary illness like uh, pneumonia and uh, sometimes uh, called encephalitis where it actually goes into your central nervous system and causes more trouble there. Or getting infections such as ear infections and, and other secondary problems just related to your underlying illness. If you have heart disease, that's another risk one. So. Um, that's in fact the most likely cause of death is not the flu itself it's those secondary illnesses mm-hmm. that are caused by it that's yeah. usually what it looks like when you read that in the paper yeah. that it usually is like pneumonia or something that's gotten worse because you know maybe they let yeah. it go too long or they mm-hmm. didn't get the flu shot so yeah. yep. so also with the flu shot you talked a little bit about um pregnant women Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us about when pregnant women can get the flu shot versus when they cannot, or should they never get the flu shot? Or um, they, they should get the flu shot. They're another one of those higher risk groups. In fact, anyone pregnant should. Um, it, I mentioned that the smaller children are probably at higher risk. Those over 65 pregnant women and people with chronic diseases. Uh, asthma is one of them or other chronic respiratory illnesses like chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, uh, chronic heart disease and diabetes. Those are all higher risk groups that are more likely to have secondary problems. Yeah, my son has asthma and uh, I, I've always gotten him a flu shot. And um, one year I, they ran out of the flu shot for my daughter, but I made sure he got the flu shot mm-hmm. just because he was high risk as an asthmatic child. So, yeah. and hopefully, I mean, I, I, he's never gotten to the point where he's got so sick, but I, and I believe it's because he's had the flu shot you know, mm-hmm. through those experiences of getting sick, even though he had the flu shot. So uh, for those people who don't have like insurance, what, where are places that they could go and get it? Can they get it for free? Can they get it at a low cost? Or do you need an order to get the flu shot? Uh, it, it varies a little bit from center to center on what or where they'll get you the immunization. Um, the 
county health departments and state health department have free vaccines available for most age groups or at least very reduced cost. If you have some insurance, sometimes you'll need an order to go wherever else you might go besides your primary doctor. Worth it to get the $10 flu shot versus getting ill and having to go to the hospital, like, you know, in any... Yeah, that's, that's a definite other reason. It, it, getting your flu shot is less likely for you to be sick to begin with, and then you would lose your ability to go to work, most likely, because you're so ill. But also, the general prevention from people going into the hospital, prevention, there's pretty good evidence that the more people that get the flu shot each year, the less the overall cost to society is from that. So that's another aspect of it. What's the typical time that people need to stay away from work if they have, they come down with the flu? I know that there's a, like an incubation period that you're contagious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From what I mentioned earlier, you're probably contagious at least a day before you have any symptoms. And then at least the first three or four days, you're considered highly contagious. And up to seven days, you can still be shedding the virus pretty actively. Ugh. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to miss that much work. <laughs> exactly. It's hard for, for you to stay. I mean, when you are sick, it is hard to stay home you know, on those days. But yeah. boy, it'd be best for everybody else if you did, mm-hmm. you know. So. so yeah, not only get your flu shot, but in general, use safe practices of of health. Make sure you're washing your hands regularly, not touching surfaces and touching your face and your eyes and your nose. And the flu is usually passed by somebody sneezing or coughing and the droplets going to one person to another, but can be surfaces too. So being healthy, you know, keeping active, making sure you've got good nutrition. There's some evidence that um, our vitamin levels because of changes that happen during the winter might make us a little more prone. So if your vitamin D level is low or something like that, uh, or harder to fight the infection at least too. So for those podcast listeners out there, because I know a couple of them are my friends, um, and we've talked a little bit about, you know, the importance of getting your flu shot Mm -hmm. and, you know, the myths that surround that for those who don't. Really, what can we say to the people that are listening that still say, I'm not going to get a flu shot. I've never been sick. Mm -hmm. I mean, what can we say to them as uh, flu warriors (laughs) to say, you really need to get it? I mean, what can we say to them to make them think that, you know, you've maybe never gotten the flu, but how do you talk those type of people into getting the flu shot? Yeah, some some people are going to refuse it no matter what you do. But I think the the concept of is you're not doing this just for yourself. You're doing this for other people, those people that can't get the flu shot. Um, thinking about those little babies that might get sick, thinking about your grandma or grandpa that might get sick, thinking about the great aunts and uncles that are somewhere that you don't even know, but because you passed the flu or had the ability to get the flu, they might have got it and gotten sick. Because there are thousands of people every year in the United States that die from flu or flu-related illness or are just extremely ill and have mm-hmm. to be in the hospital. And you can prevent that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in theory, if you get the shot and everybody gets a shot, you can help prevent that. So at the hospital, when there is a flu uh, influenza breakout, uh, they let us know because mm-hmm. the CDC declares that or who declares, you know, when you watch the nightly news, mm-hmm. oh, there's a breakout of flu. And uh, what are some precautions that we could tell our listeners to do besides getting the flu shot? Yeah, yeah I think the, the general protection measures of trying to keep yourself from getting sick. So if you are sick or during the middle of those those times of periods, try to stay away from other people, obviously, if you're sick, and then uh, wash your hands really well. Wash them frequently. Make sure you're using soap or a good alcohol-based cleanser to get rid of that. It'll, that one kills that virus. Not touching your nose and your eyes and areas that you can inoculate yourself with the infection. Trying to stay away from being around other sick people. <laughs> so less of the big group activities and 
and uh, going out and doing stuff if it's really, really prevalent might be worth doing. Uh, the type of stuff that you do just to prevent illness in general, mm -hmm. uh, just those things are, are important. The other thing to think about is uh, being aware that it's there. Sometimes it's something that just kind of pops up and you don't know. Uh, there's some really good informational things on the internet at the Centers for Disease Control. They track the prevalence of influenza in the United States in every state. So you can actually look up on their website. They have a map that will say this state's having more than this state mm. at this time of year. Uh, in fact, I'm going to New Orleans tomorrow for the National American Academy of Pediatric Convention. Louisiana is the only place that it's more than sporadic. <laughs> so, you got your flu uh, shot, right? I, I got my flu shot. I get it as soon as I can every year. Uh, I've been getting it for at least almost 30 years in a row now. Yep. <laughs> Something along those lines. Um, and yeah, I'm going to think more of, yeah, I, mean, I need to make sure I'm washing my hands frequently. and I need to make sure I'm not touching my face and my eyes and, and you know, not being right around somebody that's coughing or sneezing those kinds of things. Do you, you know, those, uh, little antibacterial, you mentioned antibacterial soaps or mm -hmm. get those little, uh, you know, you can take like them the on, alcohol -based. yeah, you yeah. can take them on your trips mm -hmm. when you're in an airplane. Do they actually work? I mean, should people use those? They're a, they're an effective way of cleansing your hands if you don't have uh, soap available and will kill most viruses and bacteria as far as a, a direct exposure. Um, there are some like that norovirus one we talked about mm -hmm. that don't get killed by that at all. So if somebody's got diarrhea, don't use that. You got to wash with soap. Yeah, <laughs> so, oh. but, I would I would wash with soap five times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that's a, that's a different set setup. Most of the viruses and most of the illnesses out there will respond well to that. That's why it's an effective cleanser. So I'm that person on the airplane that, especially when I'm doing an international flight, I get out my little thing of wet wipes and I wipe down the remote and my seat and the tray because. I just, I'm going to be on that plane for 24 hours and mm -hmm. I don't want to be touching other people's stuff all the time. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I just, I do that. Um, do you wipe down your mag the magazine that you're reading? Yeah, no, I bring my own magazines. Okay. I never read the magazines in the holder. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. I do. And I think about it every yeah. time I'm moving that page. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there are definitely some studies out there that you can look at that say how much is whatever that's... Uh, surface related infection on airplanes um the air recirculators probably transmit as much if not mm -hmm. more so you're breathing it whether you want to right or not. yeah um, so yeah, general concepts of trying to protect your health it's not a horrible thing to wipe all that stuff down but it may or may not make a huge difference right it just makes me feel better <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> at least i tried so yeah but i think the big thing is the same thing that i said before try not to put stuff in your in your mouth and your eyes and and uh knows that may potentially be infected. Well, so another best. thing too that we should remember with the holidays coming up when we have um, buffets and candy sitting out in jars that you shouldn't grab a big handful of M&Ms from a community bowl. And yeah, yeah, those kinds things of things. Like just eat the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, just take the bowl back just to your... <laughs> or, yeah, so just remember to have like scoops or something that you're not touching the food that everyone else wants also. So no double dipping, like yeah, the exactly. science of the episode said. <laughs> no double dipping, mm -hmm. no sharing drinks, things like that. Yeah, sharing drinks is a big one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, I, I promote that. I say it all the time to my kids, but there have been so many times in the family where like there's a water glass sitting up on our faucet, like in, in our kitchen, and I'll just go grab some water, not even thinking 
one of us has a cough, you know? And mm-hmm. so I, I, that's an easy one to forget when it's your own family, when it's your own kids, not mm-hmm. to share a glass. My son has a cup of water in the fridge all the time. And there are moments where I'll grab it just to get a drink of water and he'll have a, a cold. And I'm like, I completely oh, forgot that he had a cold, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's a lot easier said sometimes than done when it's your family members mm-hmm. because you're right. so comfortable with eating off their plates or their forks or their... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I do. <laughs> if it looks good, I'm going to ask to eat it. Yeah. My husband won't let me eat anything <laughs> off of his plate. <laughs> well, my son don't like it. I just <laughs> I just do it <laughs> without him knowing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a good reminder for everybody is just to be very cautious of the foods and, you know, how many people are eating off of those foods and drinking around each other. How long do people, um, you, you mentioned washing your hands. Now, we know because we work at a hospital and we're required to know how long to wash our hands. 15 seconds. I was going to see if Dr. Wright knew <laughs> oh, that. Well, I, I work mainly with children, so we teach them to sing a song ABCs, in your head while right? you're doing it or something like that. It makes a little bit of difference on how you're washing and, and that kind of thing too, but it, making sure you do it long enough that you've covered all the surfaces on your hand with soap and water and, and rinse them off. Yeah, I always I always heard from our, my pediatrician too. You know the ABCs. So once mm-hmm. I my kids still think of that in their yeah. you know or happy birthday and, or yep. yeah. baby shark. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Used to be um, Barney for me, but yeah. now it's baby shark. <laughs> so we talk about um, the need to get the flu shot, but what on those instances? Because I know last year it occurred. What happens when you go to get a flu shot and they say, hey, we don't have any right now? Why would there be such shortages? And it, you know, even if it's a month later, is it still good to get that flu shot, even if it's almost at the end of February? Yeah, I think that that, uh, there's some good reasons occasionally as to why they have a delay in getting the flu shot out this year. There was a little bit of a uh, lag in when they could develop it. So even a month difference, they have to get those flu strains from say Australia or Southeast Asia, and they have to identify them correctly, and then they have to grow them in, uh, usually they use eggs, and then they have to get enough so that they can make the the vaccine. So it takes a period of time, usually approximately four months is what I've been told. So we were a little bit later in even the distribution of influenza shots this year, and then the supply and demand. So if people are coming to get them more, you're going to have less, and whether or not they get to your area um, but it all depends a little bit on the distribution and a little bit on the ability to get them to the people and and what they have there. Um, quite often, they'll be available a different air, place in your area, but uh, that's an important thing to, to note. And it definitely is good to get it any time in the season. What are the uh, high-dose flu shots versus the normal-dose flu shots? That's a good question. Uh, there's a high-dose flu shot that's developed for the 65 and older population because their immune system tends to not work quite as well again, uh, similarly to where you were when you were newborns. <laughs> it doesn't work quite as well. Um, so a higher dose of that shot tends to get a better immune response, so they're more likely to have a protection. Okay. Um, is it kind of one of those things that if I get a flu shot year after year after year, does it make me, does it build itself up in my immunity or does it not matter because that strain changes constantly? A little of both. <laughs> so uh, your body is then at least exposed to the influenza antigens every year. And sometimes those will actually cross react. So one that you had the year before will be effective in a flu strain you have this year that you're exposed to that maybe wasn't in the shot because they can cross react. It's a 
there's only a limited number of variations you can have on the RNA that the influenza produces and the number of, of um, expressed antigens. So sometimes it'll cross-react one antigen to another from a year before. So yes, every year getting it does probably help you. Okay. It just may or may not each year because it's different every year. I'm curious to know, you, you mentioned it twice now, Australia and Asia are the, mm-hmm. where the strains are built, are, um, they find them. So why, that, why those places? The influenza tends to have a distribution where it follows the prevailing westerly wind. So it goes around the world in, wow. in movement every year. And you get new ones that come in from our western end. So it'll come in from Australia and Southeast Asia, usually through the west coast and through Hawaii and, and then people flying. It'll pop in other areas. Uh, but that's kind of how all of the illnesses tend to, to travel. That is interesting. So, I never knew that. My colleagues on the west coast usually are the first ones to know if there's illness um, the pre- prevalent. And they, they see the flu and they see the RSV, which is our other really big virus that we see a lot in children. Uh, they see that first, and then they have less of it as it goes on further across the United States. Are there any countries that just don't even do flu shots that you know of? Yeah, that? there are countries that can't afford flu shots. Uh, that's part of why they did the study on how many kids, little bitty kids, are getting sick, the infants under one year, because there needs to be enough evidence to say countries with less money to make the flu shot or get the flu shot, this might be worth using your money for that, for the little children. So what about those uh, people out there who are afraid of all types of vaccines, thinking that it causes birth defects, ADHD in children, autism? Yeah, that's a, it's unfortunately a growing uh, group of people in the United States and around the world that are saying they don't want to get vaccines for reasons that don't really have a scientific basis. Uh, there's absolutely no evidence that you can get ADHD or autism from getting vaccines there are lots of other myths out there of different medical concerns, and they change over the years. Uh, but these have been around since they had the first smallpox vaccines. And smallpox is now eradicated because we did use a vaccine. Uh, we're nearing eradication of several other illnesses because we use vaccines. There's clear evidence anytime vaccines get into an area of decreasing illness, decreasing deaths, decreasing overall uh, morbidity, uh, which is just being sick. And... Um, there's really no way to refute that logically, but some people will go illogically. <laughs> so mm-hmm. That's a great uh, answer. <laughs> so I guess the, the, the real point I would say is there's no really good reason not to get an influenza or other vaccine just because you feel that's not a thing that is natural, natural or going to cause you to have some of this. There's, there's not a good repercussion that you're going to have from it that unless you've got some underlying illness, which is pretty rare. That's a reason not to get the vaccine. It's usually just a preference. And unfortunately, we can't always change people's minds on on what they're thinking in that. No, you really can. I have a very good friend that doesn't believe in vaccines, and we constantly argue over that mm-hmm. because I don't agree with that opinion. <laughs> so it's it. I, I agree with you 100%, no matter the facts that you can put out there, they're still going to find those underlying Yeah things they think are facts yeah yeah and and there's a lot of that absolutely a lot of misinformation out there and it's it's unfortunate it's been the same kind of stuff over and over Um, basically what you can do is tell them hey I've got this information that proves that this is probably helpful and if your child son your spouse somebody gets sick from this they could die they could have severe illness it could be a long-term life-changing thing for them this is a fairly straightforward easy way to potentially prevent it altogether 
why wouldn't you do it? What's your, you know, I, I don't understand that thought process, but there are definitely people out there that do. Mm-hmm. And I have families that I, I continue to follow in my clinic that don't want to vaccinate. I think it's better to at least have somebody seeing them than not somebody seeing them that's aware of what's going on. Right. So I can think about, oh, this kid's never had their vaccination. They could get Haemophilus influenza that nobody else is able to get. They could get diphtheria that nobody else is able to mm-hmm. get because everybody else is protected. Mm-hmm. So there's also a big cutting edge on whether or not physicians are even accepting patients that don't get immunizations. And well, not only physicians, don't. but schools. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, really colleges and schools, yeah. and you hear more and more of them requiring those immunizations before they can enter the building. Yeah. Well, they're, they're legally supposed to in all the public schools <laughs> and even the <laughs> private schools in uh, the state of Iowa and most states across the nation. Whether or not they're following through with that and the ease of getting a waiver for not getting them. Uh, unfortunately, in Iowa, it's pretty easy to say, mm-hmm. I don't want my kid immunized so they don't have to be. Right. That's pretty much well, not then, much more that you have to do. <laughs> you know, around in a, if you work in a hospital and you know this, if you don't get your flu vaccination, you are required to wear a mask. Yeah. And, you know, I always, I always feel like if you go to school and you're sending your kid to school unvaccinated, they should have to wear a mask because... Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's not only about them, it's about all the others where they sneeze on and they, you know, young kids just don't really (laughs) know how to clean their hands the best as as adults do, so. And and it's the same concept as the influenza. You're protecting other people by getting it. Say your kid does get hemophilus and there's one or two kids that couldn't get their hemophilus shot or there's a kid that it didn't respond because there still is a very small percentage of every immunization people don't respond and they get it and they get meningitis and they've lost their vision or their hearing for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. So you cause not only your child to be sick, but another kid to lose their ability to hear or see. Yeah, that's a powerful message. I mean, that's something, I've seen some of that. I've, I had a kid that, that was one of the Bosnian refugees that came here that got measles when she was less than a year old. She got the severe measles that lasts the rest of your life until you die from it, that mm-hmm. gets in your brain. It's called subacute sclerosing panencephalitis. Very unusual, Oof. but uh, about one in a thousand people that get measles get it, mm-hmm. and uh, you can die directly from it. That that is a powerful ending message. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so we covered a lot of information today, and mainly it was about the flu and getting the vaccine and some other shots that we should all be getting. And don't forget, you know, your family physician can guide you to the right person to answer any questions you have about the flu vaccine. Don't be afraid of it. You know, it is there to help you and help others when you do get sick or if someone around you gets sick. So don't be afraid of getting that flu shot. It is worthy. It is absolutely a necessity as far as I'm concerned. And hopefully after listening to Dr. Wright, all of you are inspired to make sure you're getting your flu shot this year and talking to your loved ones about getting their flu shots as well, because it's important to all of us. And I just want to say thank you so much, Dr. Wright, for coming in and talking to us. I've learned a lot, and I thought I knew a lot about the flu shot working at a hospital. So you were mind-opening, and um, I think that you bring a lot of knowledge to why people should get the flu shot. So thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for having me. If you have any questions after today's podcast, or if you have any questions about any other podcasts we've had out there, we'd love to hear from you podcast listeners. You can always email us at podcast at mercyhealth.com. Again, podcast at mercyhealth.com. We'd love to hear your voice.